Hey, Anchorland. I started the Grown Girl podcast because there's just so much that goes on in the world that we don't understand, that we're not introduced to, that aren't explained to us as we're becoming adults. And there's a lot that we have to figure out on our own. And I was hoping with this podcast, we could all learn together. But some things are just completely unexplainable. And sometimes it seems almost impossible to solve problems that are unexplainable to begin with. It is today that I come with a heavy heart to talk about the Florida school shooting. Normally I keep these kind of conversations offline. I have them with people um, in my personal community, but talking about this kind of stuff online seems to invite ridiculous conversation based in lies and conspiracy theories, etc. But today I think it's really important that we talk about this among ourselves wherever we can because there have already been 18 school shootings in 2018. The way we're going now, there would be over a hundred of them by the end of the year. That is unacceptable. Children can no longer bear the weight of our transgressions in this country as they so often do from Emmett Till to the Little Rock Nine to Ruby Bridges to these children, Columbine to this shooting, people are continually, children are continually having to pay the price for the things that we fail to do or continue to do. So as grown girls and growing boys, let's have a conversation around why our society continues to allow this to happen and what we can do to come to a resolution. So no more babies have to die, no more little kids, no more people getting ready for prom, no more teachers laying on the ground dead because they hopped in front of the students. No more of that in 2018 for the rest of our lifetimes. I know you and I, if we decide to have children, we don't want to be afraid to send them to school in the morning. And at this rate, I'm considering quitting any job I have in homeschooling. Our children need to be protected. If anyone needs protection, they do. I believe in nurture and nature. And at this point, there's no salvation in either. So today on the Grown Girl podcast show notes, I just want to have a candid conversation about why this keeps happening. Let's take a quick break and we'll get back to the conversation after that. There have been 18 school shootings so far this year, including the one that happened yesterday in Florida. Just three days into the new year at East Olive Elementary in St. John's, Michigan, a 31-year-old man died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound in the former school's parking lot. January 4th, Seattle, Washington. A gunshot was fired at the New Start High School in Seattle, Washington. The round entered an office window and ended up lodged in a three-ring binder. No one was injured. January 10th, Sierra Vista, Arizona. A teen was found dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound in a Coronado Elementary School bathroom. January 10th, San Bernardino, California. At least one shot was fired, shattering a California State University classroom window. No injuries were reported. January 10th, Denison, Texas. A bullet was accidentally fired through a classroom wall at the Grayson College Criminal Justice Center. No one was injured. January 15th, 
Marshall, Texas. Gunshots rang out on the Wiley College campus in Marshall. A bullet went through a residential hall's dorm room. No injuries were reported. January 20th, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. A Winston-Salem State University football player was shot and killed at an event at Wake Forest University. January 22nd, Italy, Texas. A teenage girl was wounded at Italy High School after a 16-year-old suspect opened fire with a semi-automatic handgun. January 22nd, Gentilly, Louisiana. A shooting outside the Net Charter High School injured a 14-year-old boy. January 23rd, Benton, Kentucky. Two people were killed and another 15 were shot at Marshall County High School. January 25th, Mobile, Alabama. Murphy High School student Jonah Neal fired a gun on campus. No one was injured. January 26th, Dearborn, Michigan. Shots were fired from a car in Dearborn High School's parking lot. No injuries were reported. January 31st, Pennsylvania. Gunshots erupted as a fight broke out outside of Lincoln High School. A 32-year-old man was shot twice and later pronounced dead. February 1st, Los Angeles, California. An accidental shooting injured five children at the Salvador B. Castro Middle School in downtown Los Angeles. February 5th, Oxon Hill, Maryland. A teen was shot outside of Oxon Hill High School. The victim survived. February 5th, Maplewood, Minnesota. A third grader pulled the trigger on a cop's gun, firing a shot at the Harmony Learning Center. No one was injured. February 8th, New York, New York. A teen was taken into custody after a shot was fired inside Metropolitan High School. No one was injured. February 14th, Broward County, Florida. A former student killed 17 people at Stoneman Douglas High. This is a really hard conversation to have because it is so politically charged, as is 90% of the issues we talk about nowadays. It's hard to have a conversation about anything because it becomes a fight against the left and the right, who's right and who's wrong. And I'd like to kind of reframe that conversation. I'm not saying I have the power myself to do that, but instead of saying what side you're on, why don't we just agree that we want to keep certain people safe? Now, we might still disagree on how to do that, but if we take the idea away that we're trying to take guns away um, and have a candid conversation about that, I think it can change things. For me, gun control doesn't mean you cannot have your guns anymore. I think that most people would, but if you don't meet certain mental health requirements, then it shouldn't be possible for you to even look at a gun. I also believe you shouldn't be able to walk into any general store and buy a gun. There are plenty of places where I can't walk in and buy a lot of things without being the right age, without having a driver's license, without showing an ID. And I don't know a lot about guns or purchasing them, so I'm not an expert on having this conversation. And I'm going to back away from the guns themselves in a second, but if you're against more stringent gun control, I'd love to hear why. I don't think anyone's trying to take guns away. I don't think that's what the mass majority wants, honestly. I think we just want to make sure they don't fall into the wrong hands. Now you may call it a slippery slope or anything like that. Those are all fallacies. 
And as long as we don't use fallacious arguments in our discourse, then we should be able to have a conversation around protecting our kids. Like I said earlier, I don't think children should bear the weight of this kind of societal problem. It should be something adults have to deal with only. I honestly believe that we can't have this conversation as long as we take out the politics. I hear a lot of people talking about the kind of guns that were used, arguing about people saying things now and not doing anything later, showing people who to vote for, or who not to vote for, giving us an idea of what senators or state representatives are paid off by the NRA. But I think the people who should really be on the forefront are the mothers and the fathers and the sisters and the brothers of people who have been lost to a mass shooting at a school. No one else should be at the, at the forefront of this conversation. What does Tim's mom think about this? What does Aaron's wife think about this? What does the principal think about this? What do they want to see done? What do they need to be comforted to know that their deaths of their loved ones weren't in vain? What do the Sandy Hook Elementary School parents need to know? What do the Sutherland Springs Texas Church people need to know? What do they need to be comforted? What would make them feel like they can still trust in the safety in this country? That's what I want to know. I want to be able to send a future child off to school or teach in a school and not worry that the gun drill that we have to do wasn't happening often enough for them to remember what to do in a crisis. Politics aside, how can we make sure this doesn't happen again and again and again? How do we make sure that 2018 isn't the deadliest year for kids? in this country. Call in and tell me what you think. Let's take a quick break. After reading a little bit more about the shooter, it's interesting to see all the comments from people who have interacted with him in the last few years, including former teachers, principals, just adults in his life. So many of them just avoided him because they felt uncomfortable by him. He was told not to bring a backpack on campus. Some people said it was only a matter of time. One student said he knew he had guns and showed them pictures of him, that they knew he was a troubled kid and he always felt like he had a certain amount of issues going on. There are so many times when we could intervene on someone's behalf, when we could save somebody from themselves and from other people, but it makes us uncomfortable or they make us uncomfortable so we don't do it. We don't we don't extend that hand because it's dangerous quite frankly. It can be dangerous to your heart, body, soul and mind. And I understand I understand that feeling. But somebody, one person, one of us could have reached out and I'm not saying solved his problems but made it known that he was in a mental state that was dangerous to himself and others. There is never an instance when any of this is normal and in, in no age, race, political belief or social class is that type of urge normal, normal to kill someone, to shoot up a school. 
So to stay, stay clear of him was to be complicit, was to set him up for failure, to set up all those other kids for failure. And believe me, I am not putting blame because the blame game is what happens after these kind of shootings. And that's why we have such, such tension in the conversations that we have. All I'm saying is the next time in the future, if you see someone struggling on the edge of an issue where it could then trickle over and affect so many other people, if that person's making you nervous or uncomfortable or you're scared for them, stop and ask yourself why and then see where it's going from there. So many people said that there were red flags with this young man. Their natural tendency was just to turn a blind eye. And I think that's all of our natural tendencies. But I think until we can settle the conversation of gun control, until we can decide something on that as on a federal level, we have to be able to intervene on a personal level. And that responsibility shouldn't be on teachers or counselors. This should be on counselors, but it shouldn't be on other kids. Um, But unfortunately... That's where it has to lay because society is a bigger issue. It's not going to get taken care of. And to ignore the fact that he did have mental health issues in favor of calling him a terrorist is a moot point. I know we want to inject several commentaries on race, class, other kind of constructs. But the fact is you have to be mentally ill to do something like this. I think we have a weird idea of mental illness. We think it should look a certain way and act a certain way or that it can never affect certain people. And that's absolutely not true. Everybody could benefit from maintaining their mental health. Mental health hygiene is is a certain thing that many of us ignore. And when we ignore it in ourselves, we are undoubtedly ignoring it in other people. So... I just want us to all take time and think about that. It's not to put blame on anyone, but it's a learning opportunity. How can we stop this going forward if our own country isn't willing to do it on a federal level? This isn't normal, but it could have been avoidable. Someone recently asked me if I thought guns should be illegal. And I immediately said, absolutely not. And then I thought, Well, maybe. And the reason I had that train of thought is because I realize I've been programmed to believe in the right to bear arms. We learn the amendments and that is the second amendment. It is a part of our history, a part of this country's fabric. Um, It's it's a part of our flag. It's a part of our of the very thing that makes up this country. And so from the moment I was born in as a U.S. citizen, the moment I entered school, the moment I I started to understand government and all that, I knew that we have the right to keep our guns, our any kind of arms, so that we can protect ourselves from each other and also from the government. That has been ingrained in all of us if we are born and bred American. And so guns have been a part of my life ever since. And I never thought for a moment that there could even be a moment where we wouldn't have a gun. And when I learned that there were countries where even police officers don't have guns, I was shocked in a way that you couldn't imagine. Or maybe you do imagine because you felt the same way. But the conversation I want to have here isn't even about that. 
And I don't think that gun control is even about that either. People really just want other innocent people to stop dying at the hands of whoever feels like picking up an assault rifle, and I don't see why that is a point of contention. I don't see the fear in, in making that happen, and I don't see why the only option is to have other people have access to guns. The people who want the guns have them, and the people who don't, for the most part, don't. So saying if these people had been armed, they would have been protected, I just don't know. And if you assume that because it's a school property and they can't have guns there, that that's the problem, I think that's very short-sighted. Looking at this out of the periphery is not enough. You cannot be peripheral for this kind of issue when it is about protecting a child or protecting a grandma or protecting a dad or mother, somebody 50, somebody 15. So if you ask me if I think we have the right to bear arms, if we should keep our guns, don't ask for a clear answer because it's going to be convoluted as hell. But all I'm concerned with is how we can become a country that protects our children, that puts our children first, that puts humanity first in general. Because too often, humanity itself is too low on the chain. And that must have to do with money. Because I think a human body itself doesn't have as much worth as a lot of other things we talk about. Oil, coal, you know, water. If we were concerned enough about humanity, we would do the right things to make sure that we were protecting this earth and protecting each other. So this was a more cerebral conversation that we're having right now. But if you ask me again if I thought we have the right to bear arms, then this is the kind of answer you're going to get. It's not going to be a yes or a no. It's going to be an explanation of why it's just not that simple. But I will say that if you own a gun, if you're a gun owner, you cannot continue to be afraid of gun control. And you cannot feel like it's already tight enough. It isn't. Because Nicholas Cruz had an assault rifle and he killed 17 people on February 14th, 2018. On September 6, 1955, Mamie Till, the mother of Emmett Till, who was lynched in Mississippi after a white woman said she was offended by him in her family's grocery store, asked for the funeral home to leave his casket open so that people could see his mutilated body. It was then broadcast across the country, shown in Time Magazine, Jet Magazine, and many more publications. And it was said to be the kickoff of the civil rights movement and the moment in which everybody in America realized what was happening in the South primarily, but really across this country. Now you might be asking why I'm talking to you about this aside from it being Black History Month, but I bring that up because visibility is a really important part of getting it into the heart and minds of 
um, a country as a whole what is going on somewhere in a certain place or or um, in a certain group that other people might not know about. Um, we live in a time where everything is documented right now. There's a 24-hour news cycle, there's social media, and so you cannot really avoid the news unless you actively avoid the news. Um, I opened up my social media today and I saw some really disturbing images and I got angry at first and then I saw who was sharing them and it was the kids stuck inside the school. They were sharing them to tell other people that it was okay or just to get support. The first thing that I saw was from somebody posting on Twitter and the initial post was just him saying, thanks for the support, I'm doing okay right now. And I thought, what's happening? Not again. And that's how I found out about the Florida shooting. Later, I saw very graphic images of a teacher laying on the floor with a pool of blood next to her, um, another student laying on the ground, um, bullet, bullet holes through a laptop. And that was jarring. I've heard of the school shootings, but I'd never seen pictures like that. And while other people might continue to be offended by that or triggered, I think it's really important that those images got out. And I think it's important that those kids showed those images. Because sometimes it takes seeing something with your own eyes to realize that it's wrong. Now, I don't know what effect this will have on you or other people around you, but I will say on me, it was profound and it led me to have this conversation with you today. Without those kids being brave or scared enough to show what was going on, the impact of what happens when these events occur might be lost on some people. I'm not saying you have to go look at the pictures, but if you happen upon them wherever you are on the internet or somebody talks to you about them, don't be triggered, don't don't be offended because you weren't there. You were lucky enough to not be in that school at that time. Just take a moment, think about it, and go from there. Make your decisions from there. Decide where you'll go from there. Before I let you guys go, I just want to say that if this conversation impacted you at all and you're wondering where to go from here, um, I don't know in some sense. Um, just one day at a time, still processing what happened and it didn't even happen to me. But there are some groups you can join. There's Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. And that's such a great term. Let's stay away from gun control and let's say gun sense. What is the common sense? How can we have the sense to handle weapons in a way that doesn't endanger the innocent? At least not on a regular basis. How do we do that? How do we have the same conversation that we have when we talk about communities of color who kill themselves? Why can't we have that on a broader scale? Also, if you're local to Florida, um, you can go to a blood bank and donate there. If you do decide to look more at Moms Demand Action, 
They will teach you about policies they're working on, the kind of actions they're taking to uh, move forward their agenda. You can also join um, the organization and attend meetings, local meetings. And if you find this information, share it and share that you're actually attending or donating because that will encourage others to do that. I learned about Moms Demand Action from somebody who shared it on Facebook. So don't ever be ashamed to share information that you find. That's what's great about social media. It's one big crowdsource and people interjecting their thoughts about that without providing any other assistance. It's a moot point. Also, I've seen this graphic going around, which is sort of a, a circle of events saying that mass shooting happens, people become outraged, we share it on social media, thoughts and prayers, we forget to talk about it, and then another mass shooting happens. And that is true. But I think in your sharing of that, you're ironically participating in that same cycle. Instead of saying the thoughts and prayers, you skipped right to the outrage and arguments on Facebook, and then the fade away, and then back to a mass shooting. So if you're gonna share that graphic, also share resources where people can go and learn more about gun sense, uh, gun control, or other arguments against it. Because when you know better, you do better. So I leave you on this note. It's a, um, it's a quote from Mamie Till. She said, two months ago, I had a nice apartment in Chicago. I had a good job. I had a son. And when something happened to the Negroes in the South, I said, that's their business, not mine. Now I know how wrong I was. The murder of my son has shown me that what happens to any of us anywhere in the world had better be the business of us all. So I'm not going to say no thoughts and prayers, but I'm also going to take some action. So if you don't mind, I'd love to have a conversation about this on either side that you are on, but I do want us to not stop talking about this. I want us to start working towards a solution. I don't have the answers, but maybe you do, and maybe you know someone else who does, and maybe we can come together and get somewhere. I hope in my, in my next uh, show notes, I can be talking about something positive relating to this, but I'm a little afraid that we won't be. I'll see you guys next time. I hope this was something you could think about on the Grown Girl Podcast with show notes on Anchor every Tuesday and Thursday. Peace.